Hey guys, Ryan DeMint from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today on the podcast, we have Rick Highland. He is the founder of Continuous Improvement for Life, but a little background on, on him before we bring him in. Rick is a successful consulting executive who loves living and managing his life by purpose and goals. He currently lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. He received his MBA from Ivy Business School in London, Ontario, Canada. Rick and his wife, Cheryl, have six children and 15 grandchildren. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be here. And all those things were true, including all that tribe. We had a Christmas party last night and we had all of them over and it was hectic and fun, but it's a great experience. That's got to be pretty cool to have that many people in one place enjoy life. Did, I you, got say a bundle? Cool? Did you say cool or crazy? Cool. Cool. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys got to stay warm somehow. So you guys have got all those bodies moving around because it's nice and chilly there. It is. It's, uh, it feels like Canada or something like that, but we'll endure. Before we get into everything, a little bit, I gave a little bit of background on yourself. Share a little bit more and then we'll get into what you're doing in your journey today. Sure. Thanks, Ryan. And thanks again for having me on. Yeah, I was born and raised in Alberta, Canada. I moved to the States 25 years ago with my family. All the families are within 30 minutes of us here today. I was running a 230-person consulting firm. I retired two and a half years ago and opened up Continuous Improvement for Life. And basically, I've written a couple books in my semi-retirement. One of them I think we're going to talk about today, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step -step guide to living your best life. And the other one that I just put out this year was a book about sales and our experience about scaling our company. And it's called The Truth About Being a Rainmaker, Seven Steps for Sales Excellence. So it's been a real fun semi-retirement journey and <laughs> I'm enjoying it thoroughly. So what got you into this space? If we want to go back to the beginning, you got your MBA. Were you already in the space while you're in school or what kind of led you down this oh, path? Good, good questions. And this will tie nicely into chasing happiness and your theme here. So I was 26, 27 years old doing an MBA out East. I just moved my family across. We had two little kids, Cheryl and I. And so it was a big event. We moved away from everybody we know and loved and, and started this journey. And I got in about a month and a half and I was working my heart out. Like I knew I was one of the youngest, least experienced people. So I was really digging deep and I knew and Cheryl knew we were sacrificing. I got that first big test back in economics from Don C and it was a C minus and I had worked my heart out. And so I went through this little mini crisis of saying, you know, what, is this the right move? Am I in the right place? All those doubt questions. And so that was Friday night. And then on Saturday, went down to our unfinished basement in Platts Lane and said to Cheryl, I'm going to try to figure out if, what we're supposed to do. And so I remember one of my favorite books, it still is, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey and one of my heroes. And I remember him talking about beginning with the end in mind and mission statements and defining your purpose. And so I thought, oh, I have nothing to lose. Maybe that's what I should do. And so that weekend, I wrote a purpose statement or a mission statement and it articulated who a vision for my life and who I wanted to be. And so I didn't think much about it, Ryan, but I went on to class. I didn't get valedictorian or any stretch of the imagination, but I did okay. And it came recruiting time and I'm looking for jobs. And this is back in the day when it was posted on the wall. You didn't have it on, online or anything. So I had to go. I, and nothing really looked good when I was interviewing or trying to interview for jobs. And then all of a sudden, a small boutique consulting company, 30-person consulting company comes to town. And in their write-up, it had almost the exact words I put in my 
purpose statement a year and a half before or a year earlier. And it was words like continuous improvement, action orientation, making a difference in people's lives. And I thought, oh, went home and told Cheryl, I found it. I found the job. I found why I wrote that purpose statement. It's all coming together. So anyhow, a couple of days later, I get back the interview list. I put my finger on the wall where everyone's looking. I'm not on it. So anyhow, before I could throw another little mini crisis or pity party, I called up the head office. It was in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I said, they said, I don't know if I was quite this bold, but basically he said, I think you made a mistake. I applied for this job and I'm not on this list. And so the lady, really nice, Sandy was really nice. This is over 35 years ago. And she said, let me, what's your name? Let me check your resume. So she looks up my resume. Oh yeah, Mr. Highland, you're a little, you're a little bit young and not as experienced as the other candidates. And so I had nothing to lose at that point, Ryan. So I told her about this experience of writing this purpose statement and defining, and it was almost the same words. And I know this is my company. And so she said, all right, I like your chutzpah. Let's set your name on five o'clock on Thursday, number 11. I was the last interview on late Thursday. And anyhow, long story short, I was the only one that got the job that year. And I went on and retired 32 years later as the COO of and second largest shareholder of the company. And, and I credit a lot of that to defining my vision for my life. And in fact, when I went to retire then two and a half years ago, I thought, you know what? I had such a great experience with that. I wonder what the literature says about purpose and the importance of it. Of course, and I detailed this in my book in chapter three, and just all the health benefits, life benefits, life satisfaction, less hospital time, all the benefits of people that lived with purpose. And so that's what motivated me to write the book is this idea of purpose is a key part, not the only solution, but a key part to chasing happiness. And that's my 35 year story with purpose and chasing happiness or the start of it. Anyhow, it, that's gotta be the start of it. Cause it's still going. That's pretty powerful, but you also were persistent in getting that job. And as bad as it sounds, and I have to say it. Today, we've lost that in society. We're not persistent. We're not consistent. We're not pushing for things. It's if I don't make it the first time, it's over. And it's, I struggle with that on a daily basis. It's, I don't know how to describe it other than when people reach out on the podcast or about the podcast, they're like, I want to be like you, or I want to do something like you. And I'm like, this has been an eight year journey of really a lot of ups and downs and some very like moments of more than a pity party. It was like, should I just quit? Cause I'm yeah, getting, should 10, I be doing this? Yeah. I'm getting, yeah. Why am I doing this? And I'm getting 10 downloads and why should I continue to put hours upon hours into this? And it's tough, it's life, but we have to keep on going, but that's cool that what you did, but also it shows the character that you have and where you want to go in life and what you wanted to do during your 32, 32 years of working there. How did you evolve as a person and your purpose? And did all those things line up over that time? That's a great question. And yeah, by the way, the research also shows that people who live with purpose also are more determined, give up, because you're driving, you, you mean you come off even in sales, right? You come off as well. You need this product. This is so important. This is going to change your life. And that's the tone and message you come with, right? Rather than, oh, I, I don't know if this is important to you, but you don't give up and you show determination because you're driven from purpose. But yeah, to your question. Yeah. So, um, I got into my forties. I was now the COO and supposedly successful and making lots of money and was burning out and was stressed out and 200 some employees to worry about and building and growing this company even further. And so I 
was always a religious exerciser. And so I knew that about self-care and to help manage burnout and stress. And that's a key part. I still believe to this day is a key part of self-care. And, and I found that that wasn't enough. And so I went through this journey of sleeping. I was stressed. I was high achieving, but I was stressed. And so I went through this journey and it started with reading a book and I can't even remember who told me about it, but it was The Power of Now by Tolley. And I had to read it like four times to understand what the heck he was talking about because it was more Eastern philosophy versus I was raised on goals, get after it and chase it hard. You dream, make your declaration and chase it and don't give up till you get there. And then here's this Eckhart Tolle and many other authors teaching me about mindfulness and present, staying present in this moment versus chasing the future. And so it was a complete paradigm shift. And I think a key part to the chasing happiness journey is the learning the other half of the equation. I'm calling Philippians 4, Paul talks about, I'm commanded to be full and hungry. And you're saying, how can you be full and hungry? But that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about being content and present and in the moment and striving and chasing and trying to improve your life with goals and good, wholesome good things in your balance activities in your life. So I, I really think it comes, and that's the journey since I was 40 that I've learned to try to learn the other. I mean, I was a tennis player. My right arm was pretty strong. I was pretty good on goals and achievement and get after it. But my left arm was as puny as you can get it on the how to stay present and in the moment versus chasing some dream all the time in your mind. So since that time, I've added that toolkit. It's still a little bit smaller than the right arm, but it's getting bigger. And I'm learning that toolkit and skill set that I think balances that chase for happiness, both full, striving, or content, present, and striving for good goals in your life, business, and personal. So that's my journey, Ryan, as I passed the purpose statement into, okay, what else is there to be find this little nice about little balance of happy, successful people. And isn't it amazing? And this is just me personally too, to stay in the now is probably the most difficult thing I, I struggle with on a daily basis because I'm worried about the future. And they say, you worry about the future. It's anxiety. You worry about the past. It's depression. My past is my past. I learn from it. I try to draw from it, but man, when you're under the gun to hit those goals, hit those achievements, I'm with you. It's hard to stay in the now. And it's um, the best way, I, sorry, the best way I know how to describe it is this. When you're trying to achieve something, you've got to have some purpose there. And when that purpose is just about money, it doesn't work. And it took right. me many years. I'm going to be 49 next year. I would probably say 30 plus years to realize that because I was like you too. I was chasing a goal. And it always was tied to some type of monetary piece. It just, that's just how it worked out when I was in corporate America. And until I realized that I needed to sit down and figure out what made me happy, how I can give back and how I can change others' lives, it never resonated with me. And I was always in some type of direction going this way and never here. And it's a struggle. And it's, it, and I guess the, the, I'm going to bounce this back to you is, how do we start working on being present in the now, achieving the now that we need to be after as in the purpose and, and, and drive for the moment? But I think that also comes down to one other thing, and you said it earlier, is your purpose statement, understanding what your purpose is. Yeah, I think it's so critical. And then 
a lot of people, and we're entering the new year here, almost in 2023, when you and I are chatting here, but a lot of people, New Year's resolutions are coming up and we're going to face the same thing on the data says 18% of people accomplish their New Year's resolution. That's horrible. Yeah. That's sad. And so what is that balance and what is that formula? And I think it starts with purpose. Then it goes to your 90 day goals and then it goes to weekly planning. And then it goes to your daily activities of to accomplish your weekly plan, to accomplish your 90 day goals. To, so if it's integrated in your life, I actually, in my third book on Amazon is live your best life planner, where I've taken the, it's the workbook to my book on purpose where I've broken it down and say, okay, start with purpose, then move to your 90 day goal, balanced goals, then move to your weekly plan, then move to your daily plan. And in that daily plan, and this maybe speaks more directly to your question as well, Ryan, every day before I make a plan for the day on the right-hand side, on the left-hand side, it's gratitude and learnings. And that gratitude question for a hard-charging entrepreneur is so critical. And what am I grateful for? What were the blessings of yesterday? So I can get my mindset in a positive, proactive, yeah, I didn't accomplish everything. No, I haven't accomplished my goals yet. But look at what did happen. Those little tender mercies with your kid or with your wife or with your business or with your schooling or whatever is important to you. Those small incremental steps, if you can honor those, if you can be grateful for those, that's the mindset to go keep motivated and chase the bigger dream. And I think that's a key to being content and is, and focusing on the now is being able to be grateful and in that spot for where you're at. And gratitude is a tremendous tool in the chasing happiness kit. It sure is. And the gratefulness seems to be lost at times. And I'm with you. I wake up in the morning. I've got to be thankful that I woke up. I get another day at life because we don't know when that's going to change. Yeah. But then the other thing is I've got a roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on the table, and the bills are paid. Everything for me after that is bonus. Health, of course, is in there, but it's just bonus at that point. And that's, that for me is every single day. But I struggle with that for the majority of my life too. Hard charging and I'm always about go, but never think about what do I have in front of me? What should I be thankful for? What things should I really take hold of and never let go? And I saw an interview and I don't know where, I was on YouTube, but it was a short video. And it's a younger gentleman interviewing an older gentleman. I think he's in his late sixties, early seventies. And the gist of the interview is, what could you tell your, yourself in your twenties that you are today and what did you do wrong? And his exact words were, stop chasing life and actually start living the experiences. Mm -hmm. And he talked about spending his time with his family, his grandkids, his kids, and so forth. And being able to balance that out doesn't mean you don't go get a job and you make money and you support your family, but you can't put it by the wayside. And we tend to do that in our 20s and 30s. We're hard charging for our careers. I, for me, it's, I live the same way. I guess to you, did you live that same lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I remember experience where my wife came into me. This is a tender experience. I hope I can recount it where my wife's came into me one morning when I'm brushing my teeth, getting ready for work. I think I was traveling that day. And she said, you realize that everything you're saying to your oldest son is negative. And I go, what, what are you talking about? I'm a performance improvement consultant. I teach recognition and the power of recognition every day. What are you talking about? He's 15 years old. And every time you talk to him, it's about something he's doing wrong. 
his grades, his friends, his whatever. And I was in denial there for a minute. And then I'm looking in the mirror as she leaves and I'm brushing my teeth and I'm, holy smokes. That is absolutely true at this phase and stage of his life. And so fortunately, with that little intervention, I was able to, he was 15 at the time and he's almost 40 now, but I was able to catch myself with valued feedback from others on how I am showing up in my relationships. Rather than being 70 years old and regretting how I was treating my son, I had the blessing of that intervention from a loved one when he was 15 to be able to uh, turn that from a regret to a positive. And I never told him what I was doing, but he came up to me when he was 21. He just came back from Taiwan and on a service mission. And he was a couple of weeks home and he says, dad, you've changed. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you're still hard charging, but you're more patient and loving and accepting of people. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's happening. It's happening. I'm finding that balance between hard charging, goal setting, accomplish, do lots and loving and accepting. And I think that's the challenge of life. And that's the, where happiness lies. Cause we all know lots of unhappy, rich people and they're grumpy and they're entitled and they're, but it's not the money, right? That does present opportunities and blessings to do mm -hmm. things with your loved ones, et cetera. Not denying that obviously, but that's not the happiness. <laughs> That's not going to bring you happiness because I know lots of uns. So there's more to it than that. And it's the type of thing we've been talking about, right? How to honor all your relationships. Clayton Christensen, the Harvard MBA professor, writes a great book. It's about writing a mission statement. I'll think of the title here in a second. How I want to measure my life. That's what it's called. And in that, he tells a story of Harvard executives coming back all the time. Successful captains of industry, unhappy, third marriage, estranged from their kids. This, I'm quoting him now. And yeah, they've got money and success and power and they're not happy. And they, what did I miss? And so he started teaching at Harvard, this idea of mission and purpose and be clear on what is it you want in your life? Yeah. Okay. You want the MBA you want to make a million dollars or whatever, but is there more to it than that? And be very purposeful and intentional with planning your life and all that experience that led him to write that book. And it's really about the things we're talking about today, that it's more than just money and power and success at work. There's much more to being happy than that. Sure is, but we tend to focus on the money and we lose that focus on family and balance. And there's that old adage out there is once you find your passion, it comes back to you in spades, but people don't believe that. It takes a lot of work. And for example, is I start, I've always, when I was in corporate America, I help people out with financial coaching and so forth. And we started a nonprofit last year that's helping people learn financial literacy so they can become homeowners. And then that spun off to, can you also help me with change in my life? And I'm thinking, I don't want to really get into the coaching aspect. It's I've got enough stuff going on and it hit me probably about four to about five months ago that the coaching tree is, is laden with people that want to charge you 15, 20, 30, $40,000. And there's really no guarantee that you're going to ever get anything out of it. And the thing that came to my head was, I want, if I do it, I want to be different. I want to be the uncoach. And so I just started testing it and started working with some people that I'll charge you for two hours of my time. Let's talk about change. What do you want to change? Give me your top three things and let's go through that process and just have a human to human conversation. And it's started to take off. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm still testing it out and we're still playing around with it. But I don't want 
I don't want people to think that I'm trying to rip them off. I just want to help them. If anything, there are some people that have done it for free because they said, I just can't afford your time. Okay, I'll help you out. Let me see what I can do. But that's just me wanting to give back and enjoying seeing others succeed because that's just, that just warms my heart. But it just seems like at times we've lost focus on helping others and it's all about the me. And I think that's a struggle that I deal with on a daily basis. And when you go to purpose, I've never seen it in all the purpose that I've helped coach people on. There's never been one thing about the goal that has nothing to do with purpose. But when you come from purpose, people pick that up. Mm-hmm. They can see that it's about the money and they can see that it's about helping and caring and lifting you to this spot that you can see. Often when I'm coaching entrepreneurs to scale their business, they're scared. It's an investment. It's time. It's energy. And to give them the confidence that I'm doing the right thing because I can see it and build that trust in them. There's another angle to this, Ryan, that I just wanted to bring up back to the happiness side. And, or actually, just let me make a comment that to people that are nervous about taking on a big goal and say getting coached by you to make big change in your life. One of my favorite books is a book called by Jeff Colvin called Talent is Overrated, meaning, and his whole thesis and hypothesis of the book is that anybody can learn any skill. I may not be as good as Tiger Woods, but I can still get better at golf with good coaching and good expertise and good mentoring and good help. And that, to to your point, is that we can make massive change in your life, but it may it just takes a desire and a need and get expert help to do it. Don't try to thrash around and be part of the 18% that don't accomplish their, that accomplish their, be the 80%. Get yeah. expertise. Even Warren Buffett hung around his dad's brokerage business and learned the craft for years and years before he went on to become, right? So it's all about innovation, continual learning, being exposed to experts that know what they're doing and that becomes your common language. And so you can learn Jerry Rice, right? Had a coach, yep. greatest receiver of all time in NFL football, all the stat records, and was low drafted coming out of Mississippi State. Worked hard on his craft, expertise, coaching, help to get where he went. And you and I may never be Jerry Rice, but the point is with a little bit of coaching and expertise and the desire, you can make massive change in your life. And here we come to a new year, 2023. I hope the listeners are working on, okay, I don't want to be part of the 18, that I accomplish 18% of my goal. I want to be part of the 80 where I can accomplish the majority of my goals. And part of how you do that is get committed, write it down on a piece of paper and your journal and your book. And the other part is get help, get accountability, get support, get expertise on how to accomplish your biggest goals and dreams. Anyhow. It seemed like that was the right thing to talk about, Ryan, here as in 2023. Not a problem whatsoever. I go back to the help piece too. Most people struggle with the help because they say it's unaffordable and all, and I say this, yes, yeah. or all joking aside, if you look up, there's free coaching avenues out there for you that you can actually get somebody, one that comes to mind because I've used it many times in the past when I was trying to learn a lot of stuff about real estate that I had no clue score.org it's literally funded with our taxpayer dollars our taxes and these are retired individuals business individuals that help you with a certain aspect of your business whether it's writing a business plan or getting funding or in my case 
I needed to learn how to develop dirt. And I had no clue. And the people that I reached out were like barons, highway robbery baron. And they wanted hundreds of thousands of dollars to show me to do something. I was like, yeah. And there was no guarantee. And I'm not looking for a guarantee, but I also need to start somewhere to give myself that basis to understand. And it was free. And then it bounced off to where I've got some coaches from it. I pay them now. It's gone another route. But don't be afraid to ask somebody if you need help. There's people out there that will mentor you. But at some point, you have to, it has to be a two-way street. If you're the mentee and you're taking full advantage of that person's time, at some point, he's, he or she's going to say, eh, this is not going to work. And at some point, you've got to become a paying customer or do something in return. And that's what I learned from score.org was these individuals will help me for a period of time. And it's okay. Now I've built a relationship with you. I feel comfortable. I'm willing to pay you. And that's a good place to start if you don't have a deep pocketbook to be able to work on coaching. I'm, and I'm not just talking entrepreneurs. I'm talking my, my focus is more individuals that are looking for change. And I get what you're doing with entrepreneurs because I struggled with a lot of that at the beginning to myself. To this day, marketing is still probably one of my biggest things, but I've always told myself, if I just put myself out there, speak from my heart and my passion, it will come. Is it going to come overnight? No. And, I, and that's another struggle I have. It's like, why isn't it happening? And that's, it's tough, but that's just life in general. And we can go back to it and go through that. You can respond to this and then let's talk about what you're doing in your consulting, but then your books and get in there. Sure. Yeah. No, say amen to everything you just said there. Yeah. I have the three books, two of them I mentioned. Well, the third one I mentioned as well is the workbook, the planner side of living your best life. And I took it from that purpose statement. And that's one of the criticisms of goal setting, right? Like how people don't know how to connect it. I write that New Year's resolution on January 2nd. I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to grow this part of my business, blah, blah, blah. And then I pulled a piece of paper out in August. I dusted off at, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, you know, so you have to have an integrated plan. And that's what my planner is meant to do is to help. If you're trying to scale your business, if you're trying to lose weight, if you, how to take this grand vision for your life and integrate it all the way down to your daily practices and try to stay both content and striving at the same time. But the other thing I really like, and I coach people hard to do, Ryan, to, on this, because happiness is a journey. It's not an event. It's not a, a linear, do these five things and for the rest of your life, right? It's constantly working on that. And that's why I like this learning piece. In the morning, I love it to ask yourself and to journalize for a minute on what am I grateful for? What do I have? What's my blessings? And I love what you said earlier. Start with the basics and be grateful for that. But also look for yesterday and what were the little things in your relationships or in your progress towards your goal that you want to honor. But then my favorite question at night when you're closing up the day or whenever you do your planning or review is to write this down. What did I learn today and what can I do better? And that is a powerful, you, you want to look at the most successful people, the happiest people. They're constantly innovating. They're constantly balancing that gratitude and that learning side. And they don't get depressed. Oh yeah, I made a mistake yesterday. I yelled at my kid or I wasn't as good on that closing call with my client that I wanted to be, but what did I learn? And how can I get better? Those are the winners. Though you show me those people that have that habit, that growth mindset, that mentality of learning, back to Jeff Colvin's book, Talent is Overrated. Those are the people 20 years later, they're going to be the uber successful people and happy people, right? Is that you can balance the gratitude of what I did accomplished living 
And then what can I do better? And constantly reinventing themselves. What I am today is going to be different 10 years from now because I'm on this wonderful journey of balancing between full and hungry. Got to ask a question. I think I've got the answer. Your journal, physical paper or electronic? Yeah, no, I just did. It's a hard copy and soft copy. It's on Amazon. Um, you'll see the covers right there if anybody's you know, looking at the video. But yeah, it starts with the learnings and gratitude and then every day the plan. The other thing, Ryan, I find this very helpful for people's mental health and happiness. Don't just focus on the list of everything you have to do today because there's constantly breaking. So my advice, if you're going to track something, it's focus on your priorities. When you're planning your day every day, after you've done your gratitude and your learnings, if you'll look at your list of 25 and so what are my five priorities today? So when I get break-ins, when my kids need my help, when my wife needs me, when my employees need me, that wasn't planned, but I'm still going to get these four things done. These are my priorities. Yeah, I've got 30 things on my list, but what are the top priorities that I should do? And so what I actually track is I don't track and look at a day being successful. Did I get all 25 things done? I just look at, did I get those five priorities? And then what else? And that I think for busy entrepreneurs who are juggling a whole bunch of things in their life, kids, family, business, relationships is focus on the priorities. You'll feel better. It's a better mindset approach than just, oh, I got to get all these things done and uh, hectic and stressed and buried. Just focus on the priorities. Get the priorities, the urgent, the non-urgent, important things done in your life and you'll get your goals and you'll get your happiness. I got to ask. I, again, I think I know the answer, but don't know if, unless I ask, how do you put those priorities together on a daily basis? I've got, so on the other side of my camera is a whiteboard and I have, I typically have five to six priorities that I want to get accomplished on a daily basis. Sometimes more, sometimes less. How do you put your priorities together? Yeah, really good point. And that is the first point is have it on one list, have everything you're trying to do in one place. Okay. I guess I have two, right? I have my laptop that has some of the calendar like this call today but i also have this list of things to be done based on my weekly plan and my goals but then i just look at it every morning and say or last thing in the night and say okay every, everything goes wrong what are the most important things to get done today okay it's my run in the morning it's my podcast with ryan my podcast with matt and my coaching call with kent and I have a big group call today. Those are my five priorities for the day. If I do nothing else, I'm going to execute around that. All the other things are interesting, but I'm going to execute around those five. And then at the end of the day, you just review it. Did I get them all five done? If not, what did I learn? How can I do better? How can I improve my planning, my execution? So I just use that simple process every day over and over again to both learn and prioritize and learn. I like it. And it, it simplifies the day, but also puts a focus on the things that you truly need to get done. And it, they're not all, and I say this, they're not all money makers, but they're important. And one of the things, one of my goals is we're working on a housing development on my real estate side that we have 14 houses that we have to build. We already got funding for three from the city because that's one of our partners. And now I'm out marketing to individual self-directed IRA investors to invest in other properties. Every single day, I try to reach out to five to 10 people. That's it. I'm not trying to go crazy, nothing whatsoever. 
And when I don't do that, I've missed it a couple of days because I had one of those interruptions where there was a fire in the business and I had to come back and do that. I feel like I shortchanged myself and I don't know how to quite come back to it, but I typically will stay up later and reach out to those individuals via email instead of calling them to saying, Hey, wanted to reach out to you type of thing. But I feel like I did not succeed in the day. And that's probably one of my biggest takeaways because I've already struggled with marketing through my entrepreneur career. But when I don't hit it every single day, I feel like I've let myself down and let the business down. And that's just me holding myself accountable, but I'm also beating myself up a little bit more than I need to. Yeah, exactly. So I have two, two thoughts for that. And we all go through exactly what you just said. So two thoughts. One, don't beat yourself up. Just be the observer, be the learner, not be the critic. Tell your critic to quiet down a little bit. I'm trying to think and be the observer of that. And what could I have done better? And usually when I'm talking to people, so that's point number one. Point number two is do your hardest, most important thing first thing in the morning or when you, whenever you're clearest. For me, if I do my self-care habits first thing in the morning, I take my hardest, most important thing right after that. So I will, and if it is, that's a great example because cold calling and emailing and those are hard things to do. No, who yes. likes in order to be where you want to be at the end of the year or in six months from now, you have to do those hard things. So I would do it when your mind's the clearest, tackle it, don't wait. Try to schedule it early up front. For me, it's that early morning hours, right after I've done my self-care, my brain's the freshest, tackle the hard thing. It's an amazing feeling when you tackle that hard thing first, everything else is easy for the day, right? Yeah. But when you wait and you're dragging and you're procrastinating till late, it's not a great feeling as you've identified. So that would be one of my coaching tips is do it when your brain's the freshest, clearest, usually first thing. And uh, so that put that thing behind you and then get after the fun stuff. Amen. That's what I try to do every single day, but sometimes I get sidetracked and I can do better. And that's some of the things you're sharing. I'm going to go back and re-listen to the podcast. I'm going to look at your books and so forth and figure out what else I can do. Cause I can always improve. I know there's always something I can do better, but like you said, I have to quiet my critic and that is it's probably in my top five because I'm probably the harshest person on myself. And sometimes, you know what? You're being dumb. Sit down and let's get this done and move forward. Instead of saying, okay, here's the mistake. What'd you learn and move on? And it's sometimes I just don't do that. And it's just, I, my best way to describe it is I'm a work in progress. Yeah. And I, I'm into that. And the other piece of advice I give to people that struggle with some of these things we're talking about is not only to be patient with yourself and practice self, you would never talk to somebody else like that you talk to yourself sometimes. No. Like you would be, you would horrify yourself if you talk yeah. the way sometimes your thoughts go. And so first point, you are not your thoughts. And a second point, be a little bit nicer to Mr. Ryan or Mr. Rick and just be the observer and try to learn from it versus to be. Cause, and it's okay to get discouraged. We all get discouraged. What I try to tell people when is, A, you have permission to get discouraged, right? It's okay. If a big setback in your business, you know, you didn't get into MBA school, you didn't get the interview you want, it's okay. But then the next morning, let your positive habits take over. Have your pity party, but it doesn't matter if you're not feeling, make your positive self-care routines first thing in the morning. And all of a sudden you weren't feeling great still in the morning. 
but your habits took over and all of a sudden I'm back in, I'm prioritizing, I'm planning, I'm executing it, even though it was an amazing day yesterday. But I always say willpower is fleeting. Do not count on your willpower. The greatest individuals in their life, willpower is fleeting. But habits, routines, rituals, they stick. They become part of your mantra. I, I wake up, this is the first thing I do. Build that into your routines so that you're not dependent on motivation or even willpower. Try to build some of those positive things so you can pick yourself up faster after a discouraging day. Muscle memory. That's how yep. the best way to describe it. And I love the routine piece. I'm with you 100%. So tell us a little about what you're doing in the coaching space and how you're helping entrepreneurs. Yeah, thanks for asking. So I'm doing, focusing almost 100% on helping entrepreneurs with early sales to about 50 million, so small business. My first 30 years was big business. And these last several years have been helping entrepreneurs, small business between that size. They want to grow and they're not sure. I often find entrepreneurs, they're great. They've developed this awesome SaaS product or whatever it might be. They're good at their craft, but they're not good at sales. And I'm generalizing a little bit, but not too much that I got a great product or service, I, put, I got a website, and I did a little social media, and sales aren't going the way they want. And I would tell you, that's the norm. What you need is a specific and strategic customer acquisition strategy. There's some interesting research out there by the Labor of Statistics that says 70% of small businesses fail in the first five years. Why? Three things, and these are the three things I try to, particularly number two and three, that I help them with. Number one, they don't understand their finances and they run out of cash. Number two, so the importance of having QuickBooks or a good accountant. So many small business entrepreneurs don't do that and they try to tally it up at the end of the year and not good. Number two reason they fail is they don't have a proper business plan. And number three is they don't have a customer acquisition strategy. It's the build a website and a product and they will come strategy. That's not enough these days, particularly in a recession. So yes. I really, on that angle, coach entrepreneurs, one of the coaching pieces is have at least three lead generation activities that work for you. If word of mouth is one, good. Referrals, good. But you got to have something else that's building this consistent generation. Because if you're just word of mouth, you're going to be get a lead, close it, work the deal, starve again, try to get a lead. So how can you build this consistent machine, whether it's through paid ads, webinars, conferences, whatever tools you need, lead gen tools you need to build that's best for your business. If you're a B2B business, for example, man, you've got to get three lead gen activities. You've got to get webinars going your way. Go to some targeted conferences and do those right. And maybe word of mouth and referrals is your other strategy. But You've got to have at least three well-oiled, working, trust-building, lead generation activities in order to scale. Now, if you just want to stay the same or shrink a little bit, just keep working word of mouth and social media and be frustrated. But if you want to scale, you got to have three high-functioning lead gen activities. And if you don't know how to do that, get help. And you might have to invest, to Ryan in my earlier point, but boy, only invest if you get an ROI. If you're getting yes. an ROI off your paid ads on LinkedIn or wherever you're doing it, why not? Oh man, that's $4,000. I could, well, but that 4,000 made you 20. And think like a business person and really get ready to invest 
and get ready to put it in the, your money in the right places so that you can grow and scale this business. So anyhow, those are some of the things that I'm helping coach entrepreneurs through. And that there's a lot there to unpack and we could probably go on a full conversation there, but we're coming close to the end of this one. One, one question I want to ask, and it boils down to, do you differentiate between sales and marketing? when you're working with entrepreneurs? Um, yeah, a little bit. The sales side, particularly, I'm a B2B guy. I'm not so okay. experienced at B2C. So I'm bigger in the sales side. Although I would tell you the first things we do before we start these lead gen activities is start the mar marketing activities, meaning getting your message right, getting to your core values. What's your purpose? Why is this so important? What are your value propositions? And really clean out the messages, which is the marketing side of it. because both in verbal sales pitches and in your advertisements, we need clear messages to targeted ideal customers, to niches that you know the pain points for versus the general mass. General mass advertising is dead. That, that, unless you're Apple, if you're a startup or you're an early entrepreneur, do not do general advertising. You need targeted, specific, clear messaging to your niche ideal client and go niche. Don't go everybody, particularly up front, even the best companies in the world, right? Apple served the teachers first. They were in schools and then they went home. And then finally they got to business in other categories, right? Lululemon, one of my favorite clothing companies out of Vancouver, very successful. They started yoga and then they expanded to men and other areas and workout and running and et cetera. Start niche. So yeah, there's tons of lessons to learn there, but that's one of them is sales is really working on your scripting and your messaging and the calls. And then the marketing is a critical part of it in order to set up your sales pitch. It's a lot. And I agree with all of it. And people are afraid if you guys don't hear anything, we hear a lot of stuff, but hear one thing that, that Rick was talking about was this niche down. If you're trying to throw spaghetti against the wall, it doesn't matter if you're B2B or B2C. It doesn't work. I'm proof of it. I've tried it in the past. It doesn't work. And I've niched down quite a bit. Like I said earlier, we market to self-directed IRA investors. That is so niche. That's a uh, great niche. Yeah. I couldn't get, I couldn't get any further unless I started getting down to a age range, which we've started to look at, but I think that's going a little too far, but we'll work through it. How could everybody get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah. Easy ways on my website, www.ci4life, the number four in the middle of ci4life.org.org. That's my website. You can find me there. You can sign up for a free discovery call. You can go to Amazon under Rick Highland. Highland is spelled H-E-Y-L-A-N-D. You can see those three books or just email me directly at rhighland at gmail.com. Again, Highland is spelled H-E-Y-L-A-N-D. And love to hear from you. And Ryan, thanks for your great work on this podcast. Really important stuff. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for going through everything that you're doing because it, it will really help us. And I say us because it's going to help me too, but it's going to help everybody that's listening. We need to really refocus ourselves and figure out what really matters to us and go after that passion and that core. Otherwise, you're really never going to be happy. You're just chasing things and it doesn't work. It doesn't turn out well. Well said. Well done. Thank you, sir, for coming on and happy holidays and Merry Christmas. You too. Take care. You too.